And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, for another exciting episode of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of... Opinions, folks. Opinions, ladies and gentlemen, but you already knew that. As always, my name is Adam. And I am Matthew Lynn. And we are your staple Hardly Millennials. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today, well, first I just want to say, uh, Matthew informed me today that we reached a thousand views in total. Yeah, on the man. YouTube channel. It was a big day for us. Uh, yeah, the channel as a whole got its one thousandth view. That's very awesome. early this morning. Thank you so much, guys, for helping to support us, get us to that point. And we even just, we found out an hour ago, got another subscriber, too. We sure did. We're well on our way to 50 here. Uh, you guys are great. So, you, that 39th subscriber, we love you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, we actually have a pretty fun topic to talk about today. One that I'm sure we'll be very opinionated on because it's very integrated into our own lives. Oh, what is it? And that is... Technology and the future of. So what the, the future fu of technology? The future of technology, what that's going to oh, bring dude. for us. Oh, we only have an hour? We only have an hour. Oh, Jesus. There's a lot lot to take in. Oh, that'll be fun. Okay, cool. To start, one thing I'll bring up is, so so before we were podcasting today, we were watching a Let's Play of Zelda the Majora's Mask. Yeah, it's a great game. But we were watching the people that, well, we were watching Game Grumps. That's who we were watching. I don't know why I'm not mentioning them. I mean, they're <laughs> we were watching, watching us, Game Grumps. Right? Of course they are. Duh. But so we were watching Game Grumps play this uh, playthrough of Zelda the Majora's Mask, but they weren't playing the remastered version for the DS. They were playing the original Nintendo 64 version. Nitty gritty. Yeah. Ugh. Well, and it's funny because, so Majora's Mask is one of my favorite games, right? And I did play it years ago when it came out on the N64. It was actually the only reason why I wanted a 64. <laughs> but then when as I've gotten older, I did end up playing the remastered version on the 3DS and I would look up different video clips and playthroughs of it through the years. And obviously everybody's just using the clips from the remastered version. Well, sure, they look better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously. But that's why it was such a shock when all of a sudden I saw what it looked like on the Nintendo 64. Yeah, man. And I was just like, wow. Because when you're when you're <laughs> you young, forgot. You yeah, forgot, you forgot. You? Yeah. And when you first play the game, you're like, wow, these graphics are awesome. I love this. And it was then, the best in the time, right? It was. It and absolutely now it's was. Like, oh, God. I think that... Um, I was looking at it, and I think literally everything is made out of a triangle. Yeah, like you were just telling a, me about that the just other a day. Bunch, I don't know if it's anymore, but in N64, like all the games are just triangles, man. Well, going back and watching it now, I can definitely believe that because it definitely looks like a bunch of small <laughs> little triangles shoved it's together. Great. I mean, to their credit, like they did a pretty good job. Oh, yeah. Well, just as you said, for the time, it was, you know, landmark as far as, I mean, pretty much any of those. Any Zelda or Final Fantasy game that came out was always kind of pushing the limits of what you could do with computer animation. I would agree. At that time, at least. I, well, even to this day, mm -hmm. I would agree. Yeah. They, yeah. they tend to push it. That's but, why we love them. It is. But it makes me laugh thinking about it because then you think of the games that are coming out today, you know, that we're seeing commercials on and playing. The I mean, uh, what's one that came out that had phenomenal... Uh, oh gosh, it's really good. The zombie one with the little girl and the older man. Uh, oh, um, fuck! Why uh, am I having such a brain fart of this game? Uh, 
The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Last of Us. I had it. I could see the picture in my head. I could too. I just couldn't. <sighs> Anyways, so we look at games like Last of Us, and right now, especially with the trailers for the second one coming out, I look at those and go, wow, the graphics are so great. Oh, they're beautiful. But at 15 years from now, I'm going to look back and go, look about all little bunch of triangles. You can fucking see well, them. Well, I wonder about <laughs> that, though, because like the graphics are getting pretty close to realistic now yeah. especially with some of the like vr they can do oh, the virtual yeah. reality stuff so do you think that like we're reaching a point like in all seriousness where maybe the graphics just can't get much better well i think they can get a lot better i think they can even get to the point where they look you know 99.9 percent like, a, like an actual thing. hollywood movie yeah but i also think that's it's hard to say but i know in some aspects people don't like that i was gonna say i don't think i would necessarily want a game to be exactly real life looking well probably i think that's going to be one of those advancements that our generation is just not gonna we're gonna be like leave that for the younger crowd I think right. I think we as a generation are going to appreciate when things looked like, you know, like they were fake, essentially, right? Well, yeah, that's what makes it a you video know. game, right? Yeah. Otherwise, just go outside. If it right. looks like real life anyway, you might as well go outside, right? Exactly. Whereas I think the new generations, that's actually going to be the way they kind of get integrated back into, you know, uh, a level-headed functioning, you know, socialite, you know, where they're able to, because that's what's right now. You have a lot of anxiety and the depression and a lot of the introverts and everything that I think was because yeah, a lot of, of mental technology. health issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in regards to computer animation becoming so lifelike, there are some cases where people don't like that. So I know when Star Wars Rogue One came out. There was a character that was in the original, like, New Hope Star Wars right. that is dead now. But oh. the movie takes place during that sort of time. So they got another actor who had kind of the same body build as the actor did back in the 70s. Right. And then they literally just, like, computer animated the older actor's face onto it. Oh, this was an actual real movie? This is a real movie. This is one of the newer Star Wars mm, movies. I can't out. imagine that was well-recepted. Well... And that's just it. It looked good. Like you, if nobody told you, you wouldn't have been able to tell. But once you find out, you feel cheated. Like, I don't know if people would love that. Well, and it wasn't even feeling cheated. It was people just found it disrespectful to the actual actor who played that role. To give him a, a nice young bod? Well, like, just, well, well, he was old when he did the first movie. So oh. it was a, a young bod. Oh. But. <laughs> but just in regards to like, I mean, because at that point, what's the point of even having actors? I mean, what's the point in casting Brad Pitt in a movie when you can just animate him into a movie and you think it's Brad Pitt? That's true. It takes a little bit of the yeah. um, the the real the realism out of it. Yeah. So I feel like there's gonna be some lawsuit like the Napster fiasco in the '90s, oh, where Napster. there's gonna be somebody somebody's gonna fucking do that, and they're gonna be like, mm. the actor's gonna be like, oh, that looks a little too much like me, Sue. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see it going well. Um, I mean, computers can do it, but it's not a practice. So it must be like there's a reason we don't dabble in it. Yeah, I. Yeah, I I feel like it's one of those things. I th- I f- think we'll see that. I think we will definitely see that. But I think just as you said right now, I I do think the technology is there. It's just this question of like, should we do it? Should we spend that much money making something right. like that that might not be received well? I don't know. I would probably watch it. 
if they made something like that. Yeah. I'd probably go watch it. I mean, at first. Just but, to check it out, right? Yeah. But, like, after that, that would definitely be the deciding factor of, like, eh, do I want another one of these? <laughs> do I want something else like that? Yeah, it's weird to me. But graphics have definitely come a long way. Um, it's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be jumping faster and faster. Yeah. Yeah, the technology is just so advanced now it's like i mean hell you get a phone or a computer and it's outdated in a few months yeah it's not just like they make a new model with different buttons like it's literally a faster better phone every six months Mm -hmm. so i know i used to never care at all about the video camera yeah or the camera in general on my phone Mm -hmm. i never took any pictures or anything now obviously i shoot quite a lot of footage right um a lot of vlogging stuff a lot of just pictures for social media and whatnot um and the cameras man like mine is pretty good mm-hmm. but if you just look the difference between mine and your phone right. which are only like two years apart yeah if that it's it's night and day yeah. your phone looks like real life it's it almost with a little bit of adjusting you can make it look almost better than real life. Oh, you can yeah. like pull out details that your naked eye wouldn't see. Well, hell, my phone I know has the ability to shoot in 4K. I mean, yeah. That's that's fucking crazy. It it's reasons like that where I don't understand why young people who are trying to get into the film industry right now per se, right? And as somebody who's still, you know, I'm not kind of, I'm not really in that circle, but I, you know, I have my feet wet in it still, you know, I still keep tabs on it. And I I know a lot of uh, filmmaking acquaintances who are just like, just jumping that gun to move to Los Angeles as fast as they can. You know, I mean, I feel like you don't really have to do that anymore. You don't. If you have, like, especially when you have, like, a phone that can shoot 4K, if you have at least just general knowledge of how to make something, and if you have people, which, you know, filmmaking is a a camaraderie you have with everybody else in it. Absolutely. Even if you're amazing, you won't make it alone. Yeah, exactly. So if you have that camaraderie, just fucking pull out your phone and shoot a movie. When you see people doing it on YouTube. Yeah. You see people making just as much as some of the actors um, doing it on their phones yeah. and putting videos up on YouTube, man. So it's just, it's... A lot of it's more entertaining, in my opinion, too, on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Well, I more mean... more creative. And we've, I mean, we already know that, I mean, Hollywood's going to die and new media's going to take over. If anything, it might become like Broadway, where, yeah. like, it'll have, like, a niche, maybe... Yeah, I could see that more because none of them really go away. Like radio never went away; it turned into no, podcast. It'll have a niche, you know? but new media is definitely going to take over. Yeah, I mean, it already almost has. We don't even know what YouTube's going to become yet. I think YouTube's still really little, man. It I is. know everyone thinks it's so giant. I think I've talked about this before, actually, on the podcast. But yeah, um, yeah I think that YouTube and new media in general is in its infancy. Yeah, it's just starting out. Um, you guys remember I told you it only takes 300 views on a video on YouTube for it mm-hmm. to start. It goes to an actual human being after that to get yeah. looked into. Well, and then we noticed, um, and I don't think I ever mentioned this, but then we noticed that after we, so what happened was we were able to see our view count on our own personal pages. But if you went to our YouTube channel, um, 
on like an incognito window or not logged into any kind of account, you right. couldn't see the updated views. Yeah, they only update like once a week. Yeah, so then when our update video got past 300 and we noticed that our views got updated, which means somebody had to have gone in there, as you said, and looked at it. Yeah, they actually looked at it. Then we found out what? That we had new options. So I was now able to, and you guys have seen them on YouTube videos. At the very end of a video, they'll have the suggested video screen oh, those little boxes up. to click yeah. on. Yeah, you don't get those right from the beginning, guys. No. You got to unlock those. All of a sudden, I was in the edit part of one of the YouTube videos I uploaded, and they had these options there that weren't there before. Yeah, I never realized that. But um, And there's still things on our page that are grayed out. Like yeah. there's options that we can't click on yet. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, they don't tell you what you have to do, but I assume there's a certain amount of videos you have to have or subscribers that have you have to have. And it unlocks these things. Yeah, well, I know for the, I believe the program is called YTTP or something like that, but it's basically the program to get your videos. Why, why touch that penis? Why touch, why touch that penis? <laughs> A YouTube story <laughs> exclusively on YouTube Red. Uh, <laughs> but I know that whatever program for having your video videos having the option be monetized i think that was like you need like a thousand subscribers or oh yeah it takes a minute something. before you, yeah. you don't just start getting paychecks yeah that's, that's not a thing but that's even but that's <laughs> even before you even have the option to do it and having the option just means that i think companies can now approach you and yeah that, say, that still doesn't mean that you start to get yeah a exactly no, no. But yeah, so I, I had no idea that there were steps in YouTube. But as far as the evolution of YouTube also, you know, we and any other YouTuber out there knows about the YouTube studio, right? Oh yeah, it's and super that, cool. Yeah, but and it always has a parentheses beta. So I'm always really curious and that's been beta for a while too. YouTube studio guys is where you go when you're a creator. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you have content on a channel on YouTube, um, you don't actually go and like look up each video and click on it. You you go to this app that's yeah. called the YouTube Studio, and mm -hmm. it keeps track of all your stats and all your videos. And yeah, it's, it's really cool, cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think they even have some kind of editing thing in there, but I I mean I haven't used it yet. But yeah, some kind of editing software. But, I don't know how good it is. But since it is called it is in beta, I'm just really curious about what more they want to add to it or what they want to do if they're gonna maybe. You know, let their their algorithm out of the bag a little bit more as I far don't think as <laughs> I don't think they'll do that. Um, they're in a little bit of a pickle right now with their algorithm. Are they? Well, with their search algorithm, yeah. Oh, you want to talk about that? You were telling me about that yesterday. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. We should probably stick to just the technology thing. I guess we'll just hit it real quick here because we brought it up. Um. Yeah, so YouTube has uh, an issue or a glitch with its um, browsing algorithm. Mm -hmm. So what, what can happen is you can actually create like these wormholes in YouTube where there's certain keywords that you can search mm -hmm. that will bring up a perfectly legitimate video. But then any next video that you click on on that sidebar, within a few of those you can get yourself into a wormhole where the only suggestions that come up are things related to that particular video you're watching. Right. Uh, and a very, very big one right now going on is one that has to do with exploiting children yeah. um, on YouTube. And anyone who's into YouTube has probably seen the reports. We're not going to talk a lot about that. Right. But, uh, yeah, YouTube's in a little bit of a pickle. So 
I would imagine, I only brought it up because I'd imagine we would see some changing in their browsing algorithms in That's the near true. future. Yeah. So who knows what it'll it'll be next week. Well, know. like you said, YouTube is still very small. It still has oh, a lot yeah, of man. evolution to go. And I think there's going to be a lot more of those little instances too where there's people find glitches to use for their own, you know, what sinister oh, means. genius people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes they don't use their powers for good, man. Nope. And there's so <laughs> many videos on YouTube also. It's like how do you keep up with them, you know, even even as a company – you know, on the subject of um, technology, though, one thing that I'm pretty interested in when it comes to technology advancing is, so AI is starting to get a lot better, and I don't fear AI or anything. I don't think it's an issue. But what I do find fascinating is there are a lot more cases now of people who are developing emotions towards AI, like people who are claiming that they're falling in love with like artificial intelligent girlfriends and boyfriends oh i've i've heard and a couple of those cases yeah dude they're a little cringy okay because it's different all right but it's fascinating and i think that the the people who practice those things still deserve respect and right. you should put yourself in their shoes for a minute and try to look at it from their perspective um i don't think these are sick people I really don't. I don't think it's a mental health issue. I don't think that that they see the world any differently or, than any of us. I don't think they're even really super depressed. I think it's a situational depression. They're they're lonely. I think that people are becoming so lonely that they're taking the path of least resistance to ease that. Well, I that's that's where I was going to disagree with you. Not on the point of lonely, but just on the point that these people aren't depressed. You think they actually have like an imbalance? Like oh, sickness? okay. Well, not a, not a sickness. I mean, we, we could get on the specifics of what you would it, consider a, a mental illness. But, Let's just okay. say an over-encompassing word, mental illness. Okay. No, I, I don't think there's like a specific mental illness, but we know that when you fall into these things like depression and this depression can lead to extreme anxiety you Absolutely. Know? and it can lead you to just that. A lot of the studies that have come out is we've seen that, you know, a lack of social interaction can actually cause a lot of these things and people become right. shut ins. They lose that social interaction and makes them even more depressed because of that. They became more shut ins. And then just as you said, they're lonely and they choose the path of least resistance to absolutely you know, get these things. But having said that though, it's like, I don't think that makes it normal or okay you know, I mean, I feel like it's borderline. You you can say that there's there's some like these people need help. I I think they're literally I down mean, do in they such though? a like they're perfectly happy. They're uh -huh. not bothering anyone else. It isn't it better to have artificial emotions than to just sit there and wallow in misery. I mean, in some aspects, sure. But, and I'm not saying, like, if somebody wants to do that, by all means, it's your God-given American right. Oh, you know, absolutely. To do I'm, that saying, I'm just stuff. saying, is it... But... Should it be done? Should it be looked at as, as taboo? Is it like a drug? I think right now, yes. I think I, it almost is. It, yeah, I mean, it has to be, right? Well, because I was going to make the comparison of, you know, you said that it, you're not upset that they're happy. You're right. you're 
you find it's it's awkward the path they're taking to the happiness right it's, it's i think stuff like that shouldn't be indulged i don't think to appease somebody who's going through that like if that was your friend you know like if that if that were me right and you guys all of a sudden saw me getting really into this you know electronic girlfriend or whatnot and i, was I would think it's weird as my, i would think it's weird but i would want my friends to be like Adam, like, this is weird, dude. Like, what's but going on, you know? Let's just, let's dive into that part right there for a second. Okay. So why? What? Where does the fear come from? What's the difference between having a a, a Game Boy, because I'm, I'm old, so uh-huh. I'm going to call it a Game Boy, that you walk around with that has a girlfriend on it. Right. Or actually having a real girlfriend standing there next to you. You're the same level of happy either way. Well, I think in the, I think it's about, it really comes down to about intent and the way that that person, what kind of delusion, if any, that person lives in. So usually these like these like electronic girlfriends are usually they're like a game, right? They're usually like a dating kind of game, yeah, or some of them absolutely. are like apps that are literally made for yeah, that. Yeah, somewhat right? interactive but scripted. Right. So it's one thing to like have one of those, be really into it, you know, and you, you'll be messing around and it's like, oh, it's just, it's this, you know, online girlfriend app thing that I have. And then it's another thing to be like, oh, do you want to meet my girlfriend? Pull out your phone yeah, that's and what I'm say, talking. this is Sally. I'm talking that way. Like, this is Sally. We've been together for six months. Yeah, I think like, that yes. needs to be addressed and not be, uh, there's a word that's a I'm delusion. For. That's a, I think that's a you're delusion. You're making up things in your head. Yes. And I think it's a coping mechanism for an extreme depression. And because it's extreme depression, that can often lead to self-harm or even in extreme cases, suicide. So it so should be looked at. What if you can avoid that self-harm and that possible um, suicide? What if you can avoid that by filling the void? Okay, and I'm not saying it's healing anything here. Right. But you're making it a, a pill, basically. You're turning it into medicine. Uh-huh. Fill that void with the artificial with the technology. I mean, that just comes down to, you know, well, whatever makes you happy. But instead of, but like, it's still something that, like, like if you were into that, it would be something that I would approach you probably several times about to be like, Matt, like, I really just want to make sure everything's cool. You're fine. I mean, like it would, it would take convincing for me to like, be like, Oh, I mean, he's fine. He's just really into this electronic girlfriend. So let's look at it this way real quick here. So our parents didn't play video games, right? Our parents grew up, they had like Pong and Pac-Man and shit. Right. Like totally artificial games that were just in an arcade, right? Then we came along, our generation, (coughs) and now we have games that are like fishing. Like you just fish, just big, big fish hunter, Mm -hmm. you know, 2018, right? And the parents look at it and they go, I don't fucking get it. There's something wrong with this kid. He mm-hmm. sits there on the TV. Why doesn't he just go out and actually fish? Right. And you ask the kid, and the kid says, well, I just love this game. It's my favorite game. I have the most points of all my friends. Let I me, kill it. So let me stop you right there. That's the difference. The response. I love this game. There is not a delusion. You know it's a game. You enjoy fishing on the game. You enjoy playing the fishing game. You, it's different if you're going. What do you mean? I am fishing. That's the difference. Oh, okay. I could see that. Okay, you see where I'm coming from now. Okay, so there's that break from reality. Yes. We're like, what do you mean? I'm not playing a game. I'm fishing right now. Exactly. That would be weird. So if a kid responded that way, I would say you need a break. 
you need yes. to not play this for a while. Exactly. It, that <laughs> is that is way of thinking that should not be enabled. Okay, well, touche. Touche, yeah. my friend. I, I think that that was a good point. And the thing, and Ben, going on to that subject too, the reason why I find it, because I think down the line, it won't be considered such a taboo or weird thing. Oh, I think it's going to be very popular. I think so too, but there are some things that have to happen first. Right now, these... Uh, these apps and electronic girlfriends that people have and everything are very basic in the sense of there's not a lot of interaction. It's really just like this girl's going to, you know, love you no matter what. Yeah, right? they just say nice things to you right. all the time. Yeah. Whereas if you get to a point where you have a much more artificial intelligence you response, take the trash out and shit. you know. Well just She's like go find a job. You know, not even <laughs> not even to that point, but to the point of like actually being able to sit there and have a our conversation like you and I are having right now. So now it creates this illusion for you that you're creating this bond with something that's not there compared to being like, you know, what do you want to say? A, you're pretty. B, do this. C, you know what right. I mean? So it's like... You know, I've thought of that since I was a kid, actually. This works with the technology thing. I always thought it'd be super cool if you, like, with your video game, like when you turn your PlayStation on, right? Uh-huh. There's a microphone. And when you respond to characters in chat, uh-huh. I think it'd be super dope, and I thought this since I was like six years old, dude, that you talk into the microphone, and that is your response. And then there is no button click. You just talk into it, and the game responds to you. And, like, obviously, we're not there yet. Right. But we're getting there, Adam. We are not super far away from that. Wait, I'm confused what you're saying, though. So you're saying, like, you don't press buttons anymore? You'll just be, like... You just talk into a microphone. So you're playing Zelda, right? And you're Link, and you run into the castle. And the, the... the princess is there, and she's like, hello, my hero. Uh, thank goodness you've got here. You oh. could go, hey, Zelda, what's up, girl? I've, I'm here to save the day. And the NPCs And they respond. would literally respond. Or if you go, my butthole itches. I didn't wipe well today. They would respond to that. Like, uh, they that respond. That would be fun. And you could literally just say different things every time. It would change your game. Ah, uh, see, that's what we use AI for. I, well, whoever invents that, you owe me like ten cents every time you sell a copy. Because I thought of it when I was like six. Oh, that would be oh, I'd have Dude, so much fun with that. The amount of processing power would be astronomical. Oh no, there's no kidding. way. But damn, dude, the the fucking let's players would, be intense, would have it? a field day. It would, and it would start with small games, right? Uh-huh. Like even if you were just in a room with like one NPC that you could interact with that way, people would buy that shit for sixty bucks. Yes, dude. absolutely. They would buy it. Well, and it makes you wonder. It because I agree with you. I think we're gonna get to that point because what we're oh, seeing. God, I hope so. I've well, been waiting twenty years. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we're seeing more of now is interactive movies and uh, video games. Video games that are set up like movies. That is. Right. I mean, well, you, oh, so I love you had those. you had Netflix's Bandersnatch. That was like the oh, first. Oh, Bandersnatch was yeah. great. It was. I bet everyone listening to this has watched Bandersnatch. Oh fuck yeah, they have. And you know, Black Mirror is already working on their second one because of the. Fucking... Well, I think it was a huge hit. Yeah. yeah, they're working on another one. So I think I you're... bet you'll have to pay for the next one though that's my theory yeah my theory is the next one's gonna be like 2.99 and then they're gonna go and it's gonna get to like 20 bucks is gonna Uh, be a typical price to watch an interactive movie and that'll be the thing right so netflix will be free yeah well because you you, you literally get it's like it's the same reason why i'm able to kind of justify why games are 60 dollars plus right because they're 200 hours of entertainment exactly so it's less than a dollar an hour Mm -hmm. you're you don't get that 
value anywhere else in life. Right. I mean. So I think you're going to see more of those. I think specifically, I think movies are going to try it. I don't think movies are going to. Like movie theater movies? Yeah, movie theater movies. I don't think those are where interactive movies are going to take off, ironically. No, I don't either. I think it's going to be in the video game genre. So what we've seen with like Heavy Rain, Detroit Becoming Human, Until Dawn. And oh, Until Dawn was good. That was like the first one that really did it well, uh, in actually, my opinion. Well, oh, the, okay. In your, I was going to say because I think Heavy Rain was, was the Was Heavy first Rain before one. Until Dawn? Yes. Okay, well then in that case, I take everything back and I would say Heavy Rain was the okay, first one. Okay, yeah. I really enjoyed I thought Heavy, Heavy Rain, Rain was after Until Dawn. And then Detroit is the same people who made Heavy Rain. Didn't but... love Detroit. It was it was a great game. I love the concept. Mm-hmm. Just the the particular story of the cyborgy thing so, wasn't real into. So I think the only reason you feel that way is just because of the endings that you and I got. Did I did I get the shitty ending? I think you got some of the shitty ah. endings. It was just because the way that we were playing it. But okay, so I played this game with my friend Chris before I played it with Matt, and we played it all through. So I had totally different endings than when you're I got an with android. Matt. You're an android in the game, yeah. and you're trying to incorporate into the human world. Yeah. Just for a little background story. And then it's just that. It's an interactive movie. You follow three different characters. But Matt and I played it a certain way. We wanted to t- keep the characters consistently a certain <sighs> we way. We were role-playing the shit out of it, guys. Yeah. It was great. But we did get some boring endings out of it, unfortunately. <sighs> when we did Bandersnatch, we got really cool endings. We found a lot of the yeah. hidden shit in Bandersnatch. Apparently, with that movie, I part of me thinks this might just be like a, a bit of a marketing gimmick. But the creator of Bandersnatch said that there were endings that Dude, movie. I read an article about that. You're right. Were you the one who told me that? About, yeah. Yeah, there's like endings he's not even being a, been able to get to yet. Yeah, he forgot how to get to them. He says there's <laughs> so many Easter eggs in it that he forgot how to get to some of them. He's like, they're there, and he can explain them to you and what they are. He's right. like, I don't remember how to get to it. <laughs> yeah, you literally have to just watch. Because the movie's interesting the way it's done is it loops around Mm -hmm. so you can replay it's done in segments yeah and you can replay the segments over and over and you can play them at at different times right so it's not it is a linear story but the way the pieces line up aren't always exactly the same right so through those loops you can actually play things a certain amount of times or click an option so many times that it will change the option the next time you do it so it's it's this like you'd have to sit there for hours and hours and hours and try trial the error to right. find all the Easter eggs. See, those are those games like like Detroit and even Bandersnatch. It's like I'll play those again, but I have to now wait a little bit for me to ju- for me for it to seem like it's new again. You know when I play it because there's such long interactive. Well, Bandersnatch so is do that you long, do you care a lot about replayability in a game? Like being able to go back and get a different story the second time. Mm, not so much along those lines. I don't like games, though, where the story, like where there's not a lot of exploration, where the story's like super just a straight line, just oh, super linear. linear. Like it, yeah. It, yeah, it makes you go on a certain path. Yeah. Now, there are some games I have enjoyed that. Like, Last of Us is a pretty linear game, and I really enjoyed that story. But, like, for example, like a Zelda game, could you imagine a Zelda game where it was just, like, go from here to here, you know, and they didn't really allow you to explore or get any of the little side quests or the stories? Side quests, there you go. The lack of side quests I don't like. 
I like I being able that. to go back and being <laughs> able to, oh, I know there's a secret boss here. Or like in the Kingdom Hearts games, you can fight Sephiroth, you know, but it's not part of the actual story. It's just a separate thing you can do. And See, I would rather have a really solid story that you just played through once uh-huh. rather than a story that can change each time. Like if I choose these options, I'll get a different ending. Yeah. Only because, and I think most people disagree with me. I think most people say replay value is extremely important to them. Like Mm -hmm. I wanna play this game a hundred times over and over. But if you think about it realistically, nobody does that. If at most a fanatic will play the game two to three times Mm -hmm. and then be like, okay, I'm done with this forever. like. It's, it's over now. So who really cares if there's 17 ways to beat the game? I just want one super duper badass way to play it, and then I'm never gonna play it again. Well, and what you would really have to do to, to really make interactive games and movies take off is, so what have we seen so far, right? So with the, all the games and the bander, Bandersnatch that's out, you're constantly having to watch these same scenes over and over and over. Yeah, that got a little bit again. repetitive. And and that's throughout the entire thing. Yeah, you might be able to, you know, you'll get the same 10-minute clip and you'll be able to make the last three minutes of it different than it was before. Right. But you still have to get through that 10 minutes to get to that point. So the only way for interactive movies, I feel, to really take off is you have to make a lot more content. Make it to where like you'll have the first scene and then it can branch off into seven different things. And then those seven different things can branch off into different things. So if you make it to where every single time somebody has to go back and watch it where it's constantly new content for them to find and discover... Without little See, and to I no think replay. it will it will get closer to that. Yeah. It just takes time. Oh, that's, yeah. that's just more intensive to make. Well, and that's just it. Coming up with a story and having to create that web of the different ways the story could go and have it still make sense. Like that gets shit gets super it gets convoluted. Well, yeah. it drove the dude in Bandersnatch insane. Yeah, exactly. That was, whole, that was the, literally the entire <laughs> the, plot line right. that was of the that whole concept. movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right though. But you, we have to get to a point like that first that's going to make people don't want to go back and play it. Because, like, Heavy Rain, I probably played twice. Banner Snatch, two or three times. Maybe four times, but always with different people. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we watched that, like, four times. Yeah. That was a pretty good one. But, and then even Detroit, you know, it's like, I mean, especially the games, you're talking about 12 to 16 hours of, you know, gameplay. I think I played that game, like, twice. Detroit, yeah. Yeah. I think I've played like two or three times, but that's it. I know I'll never play it again. Yeah, and I know I haven't gotten all the endings, and there's parts I haven't seen. But just that, I don't want to go through 15 minutes just so the last three minutes are different. I also think that video games in general are starting to get a little bit too long. Um, I understand that people want more bang for their buck, and I respect that. And I understand we want more world to explore and discover and all that good jazz. I get it, and I agree. But I have a hard time keeping interest in the same game for 200 hours. Right. Even a Let's Play. I'll watch some of these videos, man. I used to look for ones that were like 100 videos, right? Like half an hour each. Like, fuck yeah, there's like 50 hours of content here. And I make it to like 20, 30 hours in, and I'd be like, dude, I just, I'm struggling. And it's like just starting to get cool. You know what I mean? Because you have to get through all the bullshit and the tutorials and this and that. I wish that they would go back to just a little bit shorter, more intense games. Well, I don't think 
what they should do is necessarily make the linear story part of it longer. I think that one should stay shorter. But what they should, but it goes back to the side quest, but they need to offer room for you to do more stuff. So I, the reason why Majora's Mask is one of my favorite games is because I think Majora's Mask did this very well, right? So you had three days to beat it that you could constantly go back in time and do, and repeat, right? And the main storyline was, you know, go to these temples and make sure, you know, and stop the moon from falling down, right? Right. So... But there was also the side quest of can you collect all the masks? Yeah, I think there was like 50 of them. Yeah. It was a lot. But some of the masks, it would take that full three days of the game. Like you just dedicate yourself yeah, to getting it. Yeah, because you something will it. happen this day, then something separate will happen this day that affects the third day, and then you get the mask at the end and rewind but time. But still, think about it. If that game was put out today, mm-hmm. there would be 2,000 masks. And it would take you 200 hours to get them. You could play Majora's Mask, get all 50 in three days if you played uh, so all you're not, So you're not just referring to the story. You're referring to all of it as a the, whole. The just whole game is just beginning to be a little bit too much. And, like, open world is super cool. Right. I love the concept of open world. But there's very there's no point to me to have this gigantic world that you're running through with nothing in it. There's so many games. Like Zelda. Okay, mm-hmm. the newest Zelda that just came out, super duper cool, gigantic fucking map. Eighty percent of it is just mountains. You're just running through fucking mountains and running through grass and uh, running. Th- yeah, there's not I enough cities. Right. There's not enough. Back in the day, they couldn't process that much, right. right? So they had to squeeze it all into a smaller space. Right. It was more interactive. You were constantly getting new sites, new things. I agree, actually, and that's something I've never really thought of before, but. All of these games that have these giant ass, you know, interactive worlds that they you got can travel four or five anywhere cities to. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Because I think Skyrim was like that. Zelda yeah. was like that. Even Minecraft. So, is great, like that. you can process and generate a gigantic map and mm-hmm. let me run in it. Fantastic. But I can't build anything in this map. I can't. There's monsters to fight all over it, right. which I guess is great. But there's not enough. You shouldn't be able to go 300 feet. 300 steps in a game and not interact with something. I agree. I think it'd be really cool if they made like a game with that giant of a map, but the entire thing's in like some futuristic, like a Blade Runner kind of S city. Oh, well, they did. It was called World of Warcraft. That is a gigantic, huge, multiple continent world. Yeah, I never played World of Warcraft. There's shit to interact with every, every few feet. Oh, wow. That's why it got so addicting, dude. It was literally a whole nother world with multiple continents, multiple cultures, and generations of people. Like, yeah, it was was awesome. Oh, wow. So I wonder why we haven't seen anything quite like that since. I don't know, man. I I mean, mean, there's been been definitely – because that's called an MMORPG, Massively Multiplayer Online Game. Well, and we've had a few. I know Final Fantasy XIV was really popular yeah, when but it, it came sucked. out. But, well, that's there hasn't point. been another one. There was a Star Wars The Old Republic, and that one got a little bit of momentum, but it wasn't kept up very well. Yeah. Uh, Blizzard just blew it out of the park with uh, with World of Warcraft, dude. Well, and that's what I mean. I wonder why even Blizzard specific. Well, I mean, to be fair, I guess they were focusing on releasing their StarCraft games that they were keeping everybody waiting 20, 25 years for. Well, Blizzard's but... one of those companies that only has, what, four or five? Three, I think. Four or five oh, games. I think like four now with Overwatch. I think Overwatch is Blizzard. They got Diablo. Uh, Diablo, StarCraft, World of Warcraft, and Overwatch. 
right? Is there another one I'm not thinking of? Oh, the internet's going to kill us for this. Yeah, there's another one you're not thinking of, but I can't remember it. Uh, I don't know. League of Legends isn't them, right? No, no. it's another big name. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and dwell on it all day, <laughs> but there's another one, and everyone out there is screaming at us right now. Somebody just tell us what but, it is. But um, they kind of stick to those to those games. That's true, and they just expand on those. But yeah. they haven't really well, except released... Diablo 3. That game sucked. That was Did literally it? just... Diablo 2 put out again with a little bit better graphics. It's I never, garbage. I never played any of the Diablo games, but I, mean, I heard good things about the older ones. Diablo but 2 is fantastic. Why do you think... Uh, has has Blizzard done anything new with World of Warcraft? Like, have they added any new expansions oh, yeah, or stuff? Oh, absolutely. Oh, really? It's still going. Yeah. I just feel like I always like heard about the new expansions coming out, and then all of a sudden it just I don't think it's as popular out. as it was. I think it's still the top um, online multiplayer game like massively multiplayer online game but um so i was really big into world of warcraft i played it for years right uh when i was younger and it got to a point where all they did in every expansion is just make the numbers go up they just scaled the numbers up so instead of doing a hundred damage with a fireball you did a thousand and the next one you did ten thousand and the next one you did a hundred thousand i thought they added the whole point was they added like either like new continents or new stories like because i remember oh well yeah absolutely so that yeah there's all new worlds all new continents all new bosses but But otherwise otherwise it was the exact same game with bigger numbers gotcha um and they started to make it a lot simpler i'm not going to use the word easier but they made it a lot simpler so there's more more access to moving around the continents they put more flight paths in they put the game was a lot more um intensive a lot more difficult Uh in the beginning now it's to accommodate all ages oh i see Um, took a lot of the strategy and the grind out of the game which some people really like Uh um and other people like me did not like I like when you have to kind of work for it. Right. Um, so I stopped playing. I wonder when we'll see another game like World of Warcraft or something that. Oh, dude, I don't know, know if you will. You probably the next one will be like a virtual reality one. Yeah, I, I really don't think virtual reality is going to take off like. People I know you think don't, but I really think you're wrong. I think I think augmented. <laughs> I know you do. I know, but I think augmented reality is going to be what. Listen, does here's it. the issue with augmented reality. It is cooler. You're uh-huh. right. It's cooler to put things in the real world than it is to escape into a fake world. Right. But you have to keep up with the technology, with the computers. They can't process that. They can't put things into our world as easily as they can just make up fake worlds. So there's going to be the whole uh, life cycle of VR before you have Augment. Well, I believe that... Uh, VR is going to have a life cycle 100%. I don't think yeah. VR is just going to go by the wayside at all. I don't all. think that life cycle has even started yet. Well, it's just, just, just begun. And I have to disagree with you on the, on as far as like how well augmented reality actually works. I've seen uh, multiple videos. Now, mind you, these are videos I've seen. I haven't actually tried any of these out. So, and you obviously and know there's maybe anything one can computer be in done. the world that's able to do it. Right. But right. I will say that the videos that I did see about, because like one of the things specifically they were showing, I think this was a TED talk, was so they had a so they had somebody who had this you know thing they put on to see augmented reality that looked like basically just regular glasses, right? It wasn't anything crazy, right? And then 
they had a they had just the regular camera that was filming the TED talk, and they basically put this. It looked like this giant like f- filter thing they put over the camera lens so that you could see whatever the person with the glasses on could see. Okay. And then there was somebody else on stage who also had these glasses, and they had a table in front of them on stage. And they were showing that you can make games show up in front of you and interact with them without needing a TV. So he had the glasses on, the camera could see what they would see. And in this table, all of a sudden, World of Minecraft just like popped up. World of Minecraft? That sounds fucking incredible. It's the <laughs> Whatever, greatest game ever. Well, it was, it was already a I'm built... I'm with you. I'm fucking with you. Yeah, I know. But it was already... <laughs> it was, so it was already this built-up world of Minecraft... And he was able to go into there and like expand out, like get close up on his little character in Minecraft. And it, but it stayed and in the perimeter of that this is table. amazingly cool. That's super fucking cool. Right. But only his machine on that stage can do it. Well, right now, sure. But I think that once well, it VR, gets it, they got that shit at the mall, dude. You can go to the mall right now. I'll take you there after the podcast, and we can do some <sighs> VR. Yeah, I well, I know you can VR have it is, at your house, dude. Yeah, but you there's, can play Resident Evil in it. Well, and I know there's already VR out, but I think what's going to happen is just as VR is like going to start, as you said, like its life cycle. You think it's just gonna miss it? Somebody's gonna be like, "So figured out AR," uh, and we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna jump. Yeah, in. we're just gonna jump and, straight to AR. You know, there is a legitimate argue for that, honestly, because technology is moving so fast now, dude. Yeah. That, you know, I guess as long as the um, the hardware can keep up, which mm-hmm. I'm sure it can, then I, you might be right. We right. might just miss the VR train altogether. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's what I think will happen. Plus. Plus, I've I've played with VRs a lot, dude. And but they're janky as fuck. They are janky as fuck. You can mm-hmm. only keep it on your head for so long. Dude, the best one I've seen is, um, well, as far as the gameplay, mm-hmm. to add, you know, the best all around rendition of it that I've seen is the is the newer Resident Evil that just came out. Yeah, the PlayStation Four um, version. Yeah, that one was literally terrifying mm-hmm. in VR. Yeah. It I was agree. like you were actually in a house of horror. And the way they made the game, they knew it too. So they didn't really put a lot of zombies in the game. It's not right. your typical Resident Evil. They literally made it like a Rob Zombie nightmare. Like right. it's just it's just a horror house and mm-hmm. you walk through this horror house and deal with shit. And I agree. And it was uh not for children. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I have played it, and yes, it was scary as fuck. However, when I was playing it, I you're, it was a crazy experience with the VR, but then it's like after 15, 20 minutes, like... Your face you're, gets sweaty. It starts to you're, fog up the lenses you're right, on it. You're right, you know? And those are things that, like, you would you would almost have to find a way to completely, like, integrate your, like... Your your entire equilibrium and cerebellum into like the a VR system to be able to experience it comfortably. Well, you know that's an interesting thought. Hmm. On that note, yeah. What do you think about like cyborgs, dude? Like putting technology into our body so you don't wear it. It's a it's actually part of you. Oh, I think that shit's going. I think we're going to hit. That's going to be our next is, renaissance. Is that taboo though, or is that okay? Mm, I guess it depends how far you go. I think. There's going to be some line that somebody crosses that's all of a sudden going to be like, uh, mm, too far. Really? Like, calm down. I don't think we know what that line is yet. 
but there's going to be a line, somebody's going to cross it, and it's going to become a big topic of discussion. I would argue just as big as like abortion is. So I completely agree with you in mm-hmm. in that I think it's going to be our next renaissance or golden age. Yeah. I think that if you come back to Earth or whatever, 100 years from now, 150, whatever the time period is, that almost everyone will have some kind of technology as part of their biological body. Right. Um, kind of like how if you came back from 100 years ago today, most people in the world have a cell phone. Yeah. Like there's still some places that don't, whatever, but more people but do than don't. for the most don't. part, yeah. I think that's going to be like with um, cyborg technology. Yeah. Most people are going to have some kind of chip or some kind of reader or, mm-hmm. or some kind of augmentation on their body that will be computerized. Well, and what I think is going to end up happening first, and this actually kind of goes back to why I think AR will take off and VR will just go by the wayside, is because the second that you find out a how how to make AR work well, right? AR is essentially just a, a lens that allows you to integrate computer programming into what you're seeing in the real now, world. Do you wear any kind of glove or anything with augmentation? Like, can you feel and interact with the objects? So you can't feel, but you can interact. And I've okay. seen some So with... you can spin them around, you can yes. twist them, you can move them around. And I've seen some with gloves, and I've seen some with, like, a sensor, like a third-party sensor. There's no, like, vibration or pain or anything like that involved not, yet? No, not yet. Okay, not yet. okay. I'm sure there will be. Yeah. So, but what I think is going to happen is once you figure AR out, you're going to have the first kind of integration as far as cyborgs and uh, bionics bionics are concerned is going to be like permanent contact lenses that you can see this kind of augmented reality. Yeah, all the time. Yes, I agree. I think that that's how it will start. I think Mm -hmm. it'll begin with body parts being switched out. Um, you know, if you break your arm, I think you get a cyborg arm. You'll mm-hmm. get one that has some kind of chip that goes to your brain that you can move it right. easier than the systems we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I don't think you can do it so easily with organs. That'd be kind of hard. You can do it with eyeballs, mouths, or, ears. Organs are definitely new, but I've seen I've seen videos of people with these new 3D printed bionic arms, and it's so weird to watch them because. They're able to move it just as fluid as your regular hand, dude. It's crazy. It's it's and like you said, with the three D printing, it mm-hmm. opened up that it's not just sci fi anymore. Like you can actually do that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, and as far as the organs go too, that's where three D printing is interesting, also because they're able to three D print these with organs. cells, though. Yeah, it's but I know it's crazy. The only thing is though, they just can't get people's bodies to accept the organ is what the problem is right well and i think i'm not an expert but i think that's a big thing of the the stem cell argument yeah but unfortunately stem cells only come from little bitty baby embryos Mm -hmm. so so it's a bit it's a big whole thing but yes in theory (laughs) the science is there it is it is possible in theory to print a heart and put it in someone Mm -hmm. uh which is super exciting in my opinion that's that's incredible man but then at what point is like what's there's there's this old there's like a, this old saying of but uh I can't remember what the saying is while using the analogy where I know there's this really famous I think it's a viking ship or something that's in some some museum somewhere right 
But they've said that through the years, you know, different pieces of the wood and such have rotted to where basically the entire ship has been replaced with these new refurbished parts, right? Right. So then it begs the question when you go there, it's like, well, it's yeah, it was over ship. time, but is, is it still the old ship or is this just some new fucking ship in this, you know? Absolutely. So, and it, so it goes the same thing with like bionics and, be, you know, switching out parts that I think that's going to be the line. It's going to be one thing to because plastic surgery was this line at one point. Right. It's going to be one thing to like lose your arm in the war and you get a bionic arm. What if you just don't like your arm? Or if you just, just like, want a muscular. Yeah, arm? it's like here's here's ten thousand dollars. Cut off my arm and put a, a machine on it instead. Give it this one a drill. There will. <laughs> you know. There will be that happening. I think that's going to be the first line. You'll have that happen, and then someone will come along and figure out how to make one that you can change mm-hmm. this, the the additions to it and they'll become a billionaire from that yep oh yeah i think it'll totally be normal i think that whatever generation comes right before it will fear it like crazy and say that it's the end of humanity and that we're never going to make it past this and then we'll make it past it um i think that i think that generation you're talking about will be like our kids so our so our oh, who grandkids. the fuck are they? The Z's? We're <laughs> is that is that what we're up to now? Gen Z? No, no, Gen Z is actually so that's the one the ones that are like eight turning eighteen now, like eighteen. What's after Z? What's the next one? I don't know. Do you just go back to A until they're named? I wonder. Oh my if, god, we ran out of alphabet. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I wonder if Gen Z will get a name because we're technically Generation Y. They just gave us the name Millennial. Just has as baby boomers or generation like W or something like that. They just gave them the name baby boomer. So I wonder if Gen Z is going to get a name or if we're just going to call them Gen Z. We didn't get so Gen only X. So twenty six generations. Maybe when did we start? I think start? that sounds about right. When though. Did, when did we start like naming and categorizing? I don't know. I didn't come them. into this with any actual information, Adam. <laughs> you just told me we we're going to talk about technology for an hour. I thought I was good. I didn't know it was going to be real actual talk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't even realize we're at the end of the alphabet either. That's what they do with hurricanes. They I don't always, know what we're going to do. They always go through. But, yeah, so I guess ours will be. Anyway, the one right before whoever augments themselves, they'll think it's totally scary. Yeah, absolutely. They'll fear it. 100%. Just as the older generations right now fear, reg- well, you know, regular technology. Oh, right now it's the, it's the artificial intelligence. Everyone's afraid of that. Yeah. It's going to take over the world. I just don't think people should fear artificial intelligence. But, hey, some of the smartest minds, like Elon Musk, do. <laughs> Famous last words, huh? I don't yeah, think anyone right? should fear this. <laughs> 20 years later. Yeah. It's the end of the world. It's Fucking the Terminator. Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, how funny. But – yeah, I don't I don't think AI is anything to fear. Um I do think whereas like right now we've kind of the generations have been looked at as a disconnected one because of things like social media and the way of how advanced technology has moved, but I think technology is like you're just in like the dark ages of technology right now because nobody knows what yes. to do with it. So everyone thinks it's super advanced right now mm-hmm. and I think you're right. We're at we're super advanced for the last um, run of technology, but we're yeah. into a whole new run of technology now. Yes. And I use the word run because I don't know the white word. Yeah. But I we're on to a new, a new 
era of technology. Yeah. And we're in the infancy of that era. Yeah. Not the top of the last era. And because we're in the infancy of it, nobody knows what the fuck to do. Absolutely. You know, I mean, our parents at least were able to put some of the advice their parents gave them to use, whereas we've, I feel like, have been able to put very little of our parents' advice to use. Oh, it's a whole different because world. Because, yeah, it's a different world that, that we live That in. gap is much larger. But we're going to have a better idea for our kids and be like, all right, so let me let me tell you the shit you're coming into here. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know? we're still young enough to have kept up on it. Right. Yeah, well, we still know about iPads and, and podcasting and shit. Right. Well, still young enough, and not just that, but because <laughs> of how well our – or how – young the techno- this technology renaissance actually is it's sticking around for a while i i honestly think that our uh, our kids generation is going to be like a landmark generation i really do I being raised by millennials. I'm making a and very possible. dissatisfied face yes. right now. <laughs> My face is like, what the fuck did you just say? I really do. Like being raised by millennials and Gen Zers. I don't get me wrong, oh, you're you're gonna have your shit shows also, but I think for the most part <laughs> Just one or part, two. Just a couple. Yeah, just a couple though. It'll I think, be interesting. I think for the most part though, like with our generation raising, because oh, we already know, like our, the way that our generation is defined is not quite the whole story, you know. Oh, that's why we created so, this whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, we're putting the real story <laughs> out there. So no, I think I think our generation is going to be a well-off one. Well, here's here's hoping. Here's to hoping. <laughs> well, we have we have reached the time. We are at our hour. That's the hour. That is the hour. Well, I feel a little bit more insightful about technology and the future. Yeah, me too. We I actually, feel like I can rest easy tonight. We actually even, this is one of those days where we didn't even get to all the topics. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> we got about to one. We scratched off one topic, folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's about 12 on this paper. So if you want another technology podcast, we could give that to you. Comment down below and we'll be more than happy to. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. We always appreciate it. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social medias. We don't really use Twitter that much, but one day we will. So follow us on it. But we love the gram, so definitely follow us on that one. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we're, here we are on day 15. And... and and don't forget those sweet, succulent subscriptions, guys. <sighs> Give us some of those subby-subbies. Just a little bit of subby-subby, you know? We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Love we'll you. see you in the next one. Bye-bye.